Welcome back to another episode of A Cup of Joel with your host, Meg Tilton. Today, both Joel and I are totally geeking out over the fact that we got listener mail. So we discuss those emails with each of you and the questions that were raised. Please enjoy. This is the ACAL Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back to A Cup of Joel this week. I usually jump right into the podcast, but I had to make a little editor's note here. So we were both so excited to get listener mail that we kind of made a little of an oversight on our first listener's name. I refer to her as Charlene throughout the podcast, and her name is Shalene. So I apologize, Shalene. Um, We're just going to chalk it up to a rookie mistake, and I'm sure I'm not the first person that's called you Charlene, but we know that your name is Shalene, so I just wanted to make that a note here for our listeners so that they know, and so that more importantly, you know that that's who we're talking about. So we hope that you enjoy this episode, Shalene, and that we hear from you again, and that we will be able to share your comments again here on the podcast. So let's get to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast this week, Joel. How are you doing? Hello, Mrs. Tilton. I am doing well. How's winter, the end of winter, treating you and yours? Uh, you know, it's actually pretty warm here in St. Louis. My tulips are already coming up. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes me grumpy. Thank you. I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm no fan of winter, but dang it. Give me a month of cold weather and... yeah. We Kill missed, the bugs. Kill the bugs. Yeah, we missed. We got plenty of cold weather, but we didn't get any snow to go with it. It was really weird. A lot oh. of the United States got a ton of snow, but it would yeah. always go up over St. Louis right. or under St. Louis. Yes. So uh, we yes. never got a significant snowstorm. So we had. Uh, I'm in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. We had s- mid 70s all last week. This week it's high 50s. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, we did have some snow, but uh, yeah, yeah. I remember as a boy, real winters and real snow in North Carolina, and and that's not the case anymore. So yeah, we will not have a global warming conversation. But <laughs> my empirical <laughs> research shows that something is happening out there. Yes, I agree. We used to get snows here in Missouri every winter, and we just haven't gotten those for a while. So yes. Yes. Okay. So we actually got some viewer mail, Joel. (laughs) Or listener mail, viewer. Nobody watches us. Listener mail. Oh, my heavens. All right. I failed to keep track over these podcasts of ours, Meg, but it seems to me I recall that people who like strawberries dipped in chocolate, we've offended. They don't listen. Right. Um, I can't remember who else we've offended, but we are. (laughs) Talent pool is shrieking with every podcast, yet we still have some listeners. I'm so happy. Yes, we do. I'm I'm very FCC? excited. And is they the all, I don't think they so. Say, you're done? Get <laughs> off the air? 
No, and it's not the first presidency either. So that's good. <laughs> That's good. Well, who wrote? What did they say? So we got a email from Charlene. I will not say her last name for her benefit. Yes, but, that's, that's good. That's uh, good. Yes, we got an email from a woman named Charlene. And I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I don't think I know Charlene personally, and you don't either, which is kind of awesome. I really like that because it means that, that we actually have awesome. real listeners. Right. I like that. I'm, now I'm glad you did not mention her last name because if she thinks she knows us, <laughs> we'll go, oh, we were thinking of a different Charlene. That was you. <laughs> yeah, but she wrote me actually last night, which was really great because we're recording today. So we can yeah. address it for this next month's podcast. So, um, yeah, so she had some really interesting things to say. She liked the um, episode on the life of Pi. Oh, you're kidding. Excellent. <laughs> yes. That false doctrine episode. I'm glad it resonated. <laughs> so, the scriptures aren't true. That was the theme of that uh, podcast, if I recall. Yes. So she had two questions. So I'll read them and then you can answer them accordingly because she did say, I think Joel may have some insight. It wasn't that I'd have any insight. It was that <laughs> you would have insight, Joel. No. Okay. Qualifiers, <laughs> but continue then. I'm going to throw so, some Nobody writes me email about my podcast. Like nobody writes me an email and says, I have something to say that you should put on the air, but oh, that's okay. Oh. They all like you. <laughs> You're clear, Meg. You're clear. Oh, so they okay. have no questions. They okay. only have from you. Me? <laughs> what did he say? What? I'm not so what sure about that. what I just think he said. <laughs> okay, so here is what she said. She says, in First Nephi chapter 13, it talks about the abominable church. Any ideas on that? It makes me sad to call my friends part of an abominable church. I promise I wouldn't do that, though. Also, when it says that the church's purpose is to blind the eyes and harden the hearts of men, do you feel that there are people who want to purposely drag people down for the sake of it? Or is it referring to maybe people condemning the LDS religion or people starting churches for gain? This may be too deep, or maybe you don't want to go there. I'm totally okay with that. But as I was reading tonight, I was questioning it and thought Joel might have some insight. Oh, good heavens. Oh, my heavens. There you go. Oh, my heavens. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. So, Dear Charlene. Yes. Please direct all your questions to your local leaders. We here at church headquarters <laughs> discourage. Well, let's dig into this, Meg. What do you say, you and me? Okay, yeah. Let's do that. Let's jump into this. I'll Just throw a out a couple of salvos, and then you can throw out a couple of salvos in return. And okay, maybe we'll, uh, you know, like they say, a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then. So maybe we'll actually come up with something good here. Okay. Um, well, you know, first of all, thank her for her question. Yes. And second of all, she has not asked a question that I don't think many of us have not asked through the years. Mm -hmm. I've heard both these questions countless times, mm -hmm. you know, over, over decades. Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, we'll, let's, we'll, we'll name a few names here, but we'll be, we stick very much with the brethren. I remember back in the day, folks said, oh, that's the Catholic Church that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thankfully, our good friends in Salt Lake came out and said, no, stop naming specific churches here. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talk about the great and abominable church, we're talking about 
any church or any institution that leads people away from God. I mean, you correct me, Meg, if, if I'm wrong in that. Mm-hmm. I think our brethren have been quite clear and insistent mm-hmm. that we're not talking about specific people or specific groups. It's mm-hmm. just anyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but even if that is true, and, and that is true, we qualify that as well from good comments from President Hinckley and others that have said, look, there is good in everyone and there's good everywhere. And we, we bring a convert in, we say, we bring your good with you. We mm-hmm. embrace your good and add it to the goodness that we have and together that we're all better. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's not forget about that wonderful comment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, do our friends belong to an abominable church if it is not the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? We're not going to say that, are we? No. We are going to say that any church, including our own, that adopts a culture or a practice or a theology that leads people away from God is abominable in that way. Now, let's talk about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. We, we're on firm ground talking about that crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very comfortable in looking in the eye and saying the doctrine as revealed through Joseph Smith is not abominable. It's true and good and pure. Mm-hmm. But I can also say that there are some cultural practices in our faith that might be abominable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perhaps if someone of color or someone who reeks of alcohol, I use the word reek, um, of cigarettes tattooed up the, from head to toe, comes sits beside me at church and maybe I don't feel so good about that and I scoot away a couple inches, that's perhaps an abominable practice of mine mm-hmm. uh, that Heavenly Father would not be so happy with. Mm-hmm. Perhaps in our LDS culture, if... Uh, a young man lasts four months on his mission and comes back. Mm-hmm. And uh, we question him. Well, why couldn't you stick it out? Um, that's an abominable practice. That's mm-hmm. in our culture, not in our theology, but in our culture. Is that, am I is that, mm-hmm. you agree with this here, Meg? Or, yes, I do. Or, or wrong? I do. So, you know, when, in the scriptures, when it says church, we think of a doctrinal right. religion. And I'm going to redefine church. Yeah. No, it's the theology and the culture and the whole nine yards. And in that case, we LDSers can work on ourselves just as much as yes. our friends in Rome or our friends in Atlanta or our friends in Athens. Yes. So I totally agree. I think that there is a misinterpretation of what the word church means right. in that scripture. Correct. Like that we think it's like a physical building where people go. And I don't think it's a physical building. I don't think that that's what that was meant. Right. As I think it's just the way. Or a specific religion such as Protestantism or Lutheranism or Catholicism. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think it's a broad word. Yeah. So I studied in Israel when I was in college for a semester and we had to take a class on learning about the Muslim religion and learning about the Jewish religion. And I remember that that was a very eye-opening experience for me because I was like, there's so much good in both of these religions. 
that, yes. you know, I think I was raised a little bit to think like they, there's no real good in other religions. I, it wasn't that I didn't think other people of other religions weren't good, but I thought there was so much missing that yes. it could never be true. But as I studied those, I was like, there's so much good in both of these religions. And as I've, you know, known other people of other faiths, I'm like, there's so much good. And in some ways, I think that those people adhere to their religious doctrine more than we do at times. Or just as much as we do. Or just as much as we do. Yeah. And I think that um, one thing that I've really appreciated when I've seen some women um, just in the field that I'm in, in the coaching that I'm in, that are very religious and in other religions, they're openly declare like their reliance on God and their reliance yes. on Christ and their devotion to him. And I think sometimes as Latter-day Saints, we shy away from that a little bit of declaring yeah. that openly in our everyday conversation um, because we don't want to come across as too uppity. As or Yeah. Yeah, or and freak. So, and so I think that there's so many things that we can learn from our friends of other faiths um, and really apply in our own worship and and um, the way that we do things. So. Boy, let me take us down two different tangents and maybe we'll, like Robert Frost, we'll find that we converge at the end of this app. Or, <laughs> okay. I don't know him, so whatever he said. Um, yes, a, a common cultural abomination in our LDS faith is that we have the market on truth, mm-hmm. you know, that all revealed truth was gone and boy, it was all stripped out of the Bible. Maybe I'm exaggerating here, uh, but Joe Smith had to restore everything. Well, he, what do we have the corner on? What we, we own the corner market on what in the LDS faith? Why are we sending missionaries out? What is it that we've got that no one else has? We have, we have the ordinances, necessary for salvation. No one else has those. Mm -hmm. And we have all revealed truth necessary for salvation. The first part is definitely true, a black and white statement. I think there's Mm -hmm. no other faith that can, has an ordinance recognized of God. But the second statement is not all inclusive. Yes, we have all revealed truth, but that doesn't imply that everyone else didn't retain any revealed truth. Mm-hmm. Yes, everyone else has retained some revealed truth. And perhaps they do live their revealed truths better than we reveal our live our revealed truths. Mm-hmm. If you understand what I mean by that. And perhaps old John the Baptist was talking to us as well as the Pharisees when he was talking about who's a child of Abraham. Because remember, the Pharisees were claiming, you know, I guess, you know, divine, whatever, exaltation, because they their genealogy mm-hmm. went right smack back to Abraham. Mm-hmm. And uh, you remember what John the Baptist had to say about that. You know, who your granddaddy was has zero help or bearing or advantage on Judgment Day to you. Mm-hmm. And God, if he wanted, could take these rocks and raise up his own children of Abraham. Mm-hmm. So... Your heritage doesn't give you jack squat when it comes to your place in the kingdom. And that includes us LDSers. Our being born into a faith that has all these revealed covenants and commandments and ordinances doesn't give us 
the monopoly on righteousness, mm-hmm. on spirituality, mm-hmm. on faith, mm-hmm. and on obedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, so when you're out there in Jerusalem, bumping into your Muslim and Jewish friends, so yeah, I see truth here, and you're living the truth you've got better than I'm living it. I, could, I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. So I think it's interesting, though, that she goes on to ask, do you feel that pe- these people are wanting to purposely drag down people for the sake of it? Or is it referring to maybe people condemning the LDS religion? What do you think about that? So I definitely think that there are people who are trying to drag people down. I I, yeah. I think that that's pretty obvious. I don't think that that's something that they're necessarily trying to hide or do covertly. I mean, in some instances, maybe. But I also think that when you come across, say, somebody who's really against the LDS church, I've, I've come against that, who are very religious and think that we're part of a cult and right. all of that kind of stuff. Um, I just think they're totally misinformed and that's okay. I don't need to go yeah. to battle with them. And right. it's totally yeah. fine. Okay, I'll start with a fun cultural reference. The second Batman movie, the one with Christian Bale, is that The Dark Knight Returns? Probably. I get all the names mixed up now. Yeah. There's been 8,000 Avenger movies, and they all kind of wash it in my head. The one with the Joker, Heath Ledger. Yes, that was and, a traumatizing movie, Joel. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was dark. <laughs> uh, the Dark Movie Returns, I yes. think. Was the, but throughout the whole movie, you know, Batman, Christian Bale's character, kept trying to you know, get at the angle of Joker. Where's Joker coming from here? Because it was just chaos Joker left chaos in his path. Is he after money? Is he trying to overthrow all the crime syndicates so he can be the number one crime lord? What's his angle? What's his game? And Michael Caine's character, Alfred the butler, towards two-thirds of the movie, finally says, Bruce, he's some people, and this guy, there is no motive here. He has no reason. They just want to create chaos. He's not looking for power. He's not looking for money. He just wants to destroy what's in this path. And then he moves on. You know, her question from the scriptures, are there people, other religions, anyone who purposely blinds hearts and eyes? And, you know, I thought about that. You know, Martin Luther never purposely tried to do anything like that. You know, all the religious reformers who broke away from the Catholic church, They had a disagreement with the mothership, and they didn't know where to turn. You know, you can look at Henry VIII. Okay, he wanted to divorce his wife, so he started the Church of England. Was his intent, was his purpose to deceive, to blind men and women's hearts and eyes? Even then, no. I mean, he might have had a selfish purpose. Mm -hmm. Tired of this wife, I got the hots for her chambermaid, so (laughs) I I need a legal reason here to swap them out. But was he looking to deceive a broad group of people? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Are there people who just want to create chaos, religious chaos in their way? Sure. Um, but, you know, could I look at any religion, even those that hate us, our born-again friends, whoever, and say, are they purposely trying to deceive or in their heart of hearts? They really feel they're right. Mm-hmm. They're wrong, but they really feel that they're right. Just like we are all wrong with our cultural norms that we won't let go of. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have a good one for her there. 
yeah. I don't have a good one there. I don't have a good response. Yeah, I think that that's a good one that you bring up. I mean, are people's intentions really to bring us down or do they really honestly feel like they're doing what's right? I mean, if, if you can look at it from that perspective, then you can handle it much differently, I think. Right. Unfortunately, our political culture is seeps into our religious culture. Mm-hmm. You know, we live sadly now in a day where Trump is all wrong or he is all right. And Obama was all wrong or he was all right. Everything Obama did sucked. Well, I'm allowed to say that in this podcast. Sure. Everything Trump did is wrong. The guy is a moron no matter what he says or does. He's just wrong. Or Obama was just, ah, uh, everything was wonderful. And that's how Trump supporters are. The guy could run over the Pope with a car. Well, but it, it was a good thing that he, you know. It's like it's it's either you're all either all against us or all with us, and yeah. you know, okay. So churches and people spouse doctrine that we don't are not comfortable with, but it doesn't make everything they say wrong. Their whole purpose isn't to blind, although that can be the result because they happen to not have some inspiration in some areas. Fortunately, we have the gift of the Holy Ghost, which helps us embrace all the truth and reject that which is not and that's the that is the what the what our missionaries are doing here world here's the gift of the holy ghost mm-hmm. it will help you filter out all the noise mm-hmm. yeah really good i know i yeah. was just listening to a talk by sister eubank yesterday that she gave in this last general conference and she was talking about the women of the church specifically because she was talking in women's conference but she was talking about how really to make a significant difference in the world now we really need to join together with the women of other faiths and really spread the goodness of the gospel that all of us have in our lives whether we're lds or not and use that as a force for good in the world and i think that that is so true like instead of being so divided Like if we as LDS people can go out in the world and know that people are going to have misconceptions about us, people are going to not understand us totally, but that's okay. We can show them with example that we do love them, that we accept what they and appreciate what they have and we honor that and we're willing to help them with that. And I think that's why the church does so much humanitarian service too. I saw another thing where she was um, over in Africa, I believe. She was talking to somebody with the Red Cross or UNICEF, I believe it was. And they were just so grateful for all that the church had done for them. And they're not doing anything religious. They're just like, we all believe in helping humanity and helping people with bettering their lives. And that doesn't have to have a religion attached to it. But it is very religion based because we're trying to do what the Savior did. And it doesn't matter what religion you are. Yes. Correct, correct, correct. Last thought. Maybe we'll move on to our next viewer okay. mail here. Okay. Kind of ex- ex- or what's her name? Clarice? I forget. Charlene. <laughs> Charlene. Charlene's probably like, what are you two talking about? And that's not what I was asking at all. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll throw out some fun false doctrine for you right here. This is mm-hmm. a be a launch for a whole other podcast. In the New Testament, Jesus said, interpreted correctly or, or not, you know, in that day, judgment day, people will come to me saying, hey, didn't I cast out devils and perform mighty miracles and do great works in your name? Mm-hmm. 
And Jesus will say, be gone. The, the good book says, I never knew you. Joseph Smith, you know, flipped that and said, be gone. You never knew me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy for, I guess, anyone, any faith to read that verse and go, ha, yeah, he's talking about everybody else but me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All those other churches, they're going to show up going, hey, wait a minute. I prayed. I went to church every Sunday. And Jesus will say, nope, no wrong faith. Out you go. And sadly, I think Mormons look at that and go, yeah, that's everyone else but us. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is going to go, well, no, it's, it's all of you who didn't know me. It, mm-hmm. Yes, you did your home teaching. And yes, you paid your tithing. And yes, you did your visiting teaching. And yes, you did your callings. But I never said that you can get into the celestial kingdom based on your works only. I said... I want a broken heart and contrite spirit to get into the celestial kingdom. I said, you have to have the pure love of Christ to get into the celestial kingdom. And you never got that. Yeah, you went to every service project, but you resented the people that you were serving because they got themselves into that situation and shame on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did your visiting teaching, but you never loved those you visit taught. You just checked it off the to-do list and never thought about them again the rest mm-hmm. of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you paid your fast offerings, but you did it begrudgingly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So abominable church, people who lead us astray, let's make sure our heart's in the right place and we should be fine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Good. Good discussion on our first viewer mail. So we also got a second viewer mail from Darren. Darren's been mentioned here on the podcast before. You know, let's not mention his last name. I know a couple of Darren's. I'm not so sure I want to acknowledge either one of them. Do we know this, Darren? Do we? We do know this, Darren. Oh, yes. Oh, this is one I'm thinking of. He gets. So I think he brought up some good points about um, the great. He brought up a, the great and spacious building, which I think kind of goes along with the last comment about just like you know the abominable church on the other side of the river, maybe, and like the mocking building. Well, yes, Meg, thank you. I mean, I'll throw out one other comment here and we can move on. Yeah. That's it. Again, we interpret that as a black and white issue, don't we? That's the abominable building and everyone's in it and they're all wrong, but I'm not in it because I'm LDS or whatever you are. Right. And I'm on this narrow path. I, you know, I can't claim credit from what I'm about to say. I've heard it from others, but perhaps... All of us are residents. We all are residents of that great and spacious building. Every time we do anything that's contrary to God. Right. I gossip with you about the religious society president. We're in the great and spacious building while we gossip. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime I do anything that's wrong, I'm in that building. So all of us, LDSers included, go in and out of that building multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not a you're either in the building and that's all you are. Or not. It's mm-hmm. not. We're always walking in and out of that. And that's why general conference, they keep saying, stop walking in and out of that building. Mm-hmm. Live the gospel with exactness. Go If you're in it 10 times yesterday, go in nine today. Wonderful. Right. Go in eight tomorrow. Wonderful. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Really great. You do dare have such a good idea. I'm yeah. flabbergasted. <laughs> All right. So he did bring up the life of Pi, which I thought was a good one to bring up. He said, now on the latest podcast about the life of Pi, Joel, I have it on good authority that the book is better than the movie. 
I knew somebody would say that. My wife yeah, has it in her top 10 of all time. Oh, great. What does it Another say about you okay. if you could not finish the book, Joel? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm a Southern man. We don't read very much over here. Uh-huh. Okay. You bring up a few good points. Do you know if... Uh, do we know if the ver- if every story is truly accurate in the Bible? We are not sure it is translated correctly. Centuries and translation does distort things. Our testimony needs to be based on more than a story. I read David and Goliath, a great book by Malcolm Gladwell on his top 10 list, which I have to agree. I love that book. It's a really great one. Have you read that? I have not read that one either. Yeah, you need you would like that one, Joel. It would give I'll wait you a- for the movie. No, there's not going to be a movie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you actually have to read this one, Joel. I hope it doesn't have big words, but keep going. In the beginning of the book, he retells the story of David and Goliath, but with a different perspective from several scholars. Goliath likely had an overactive pituitary gland, making him similar to Robert Wadlow, the tallest man on record for Malton, Illinois, by the way. Robert Wad- Wadlow was 8 foot 11, or maybe Woo! that is tall. Or maybe Andre the Giant, who, by the way, was so weak in The Princess Bride that he really couldn't lift anything. By the time Goliath is challenging Israel, he likely is not seeing well or moving very well because Goliath has someone holding his sword and shield and likely helping him see because the enlarged pituitary was likely affecting his ocular nerve and hence his vision. Why would he need someone to hold his shield and sword? Now David was an excellent marksman with a sling. He was confident in having taken down a bear and a lion. Likely, he had practiced a lot. He had no intention of fighting him in a hand-to-hand combat. David was not going to put on armor. He didn't need it. He was going to fight from a distance. Andre the Giant would have never caught me in a 100-meter sprint, nor a 10-meter sprint. Goliath didn't see the rock coming because of his poor vision and didn't have his shield ready. Goliath was a sitting duck. If all of these insights are true, it does not diminish my belief that it was a miracle. David still was inspired and given a way to end the war and defeat Goliath and had the courage to try when everyone else waited in fear. Yes, correct. Yeah, I think that's a great wow. example of a pie story, right? It's also a great example of how somebody, anybody, can come up with a good spiritual thought that's accurate. So don't discount anybody just because who they are. Darren, <laughs> that's you, dude. He's got it in him. Oh, He's my gosh. He rose to the occasion. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right, didn't it? Yeah. I just thought that was a good, a really good insight that, you know, um, yeah. And he goes on to say... Is it possible that Jonah sat in a whale like Pinocchio, but but it could have been very different? I do not see any difference of Moses crossing the Red Sea as I do Joshua crossing the Jordan on dry land or Brigham Young crossing the frozen Mississippi or George Washington crossing the Hudson after the Battle of Brooklyn Heights. All miracles, but different in presentation. What do you think? Yes, 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 yes. It is it's very easy for the cynical mind to break a miracle down into its constituent parts and go, that was just a phenomena or a cultural or yeah, the dude was sick and that's why the rock killed him. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, Jesus, that was his entire existence among the Israelites, wasn't it? 
every miracle he did, someone would try to justify it. Well, yeah, you raised him for the dead, but he wasn't all that dead. He wasn't three days dead. He was only one hour dead. Mm-hmm. Justified Jesus' miracles to discount him as a son of God. Um, yeah, it happens all the time. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame that, well, this is why miracles don't convert because it's very easy to take a miracle and just break it down into, well, it wasn't a star, a new star. It was just, it was just happening going around the galaxy and it just showed up at the same time that this kid was born. So you're putting two thoughts together that blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it doesn't make it any less of a miracle mm-hmm. just because Heavenly Father used natural elements in the normal physics of life to create an event. Yeah. Well, I think it it goes back to that, what we say that every temporal blessing has a spiritual counterpart to it. Uh Like every Uh temporal thing, miracle has like a spiritual and likewise the other way around, I think like a a spiritual miracle is going to have a temporal counterpart to it. Correct. Yeah. That's going to make you think, okay, was that really a miracle? Yeah. Yeah. Well, agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, you know, I, I'll classic example, non-religious. I'm old enough to remember the very first Superman movie with Christopher Reeve. And I remember the ads for the movie. And it said, you will believe a man can fly. And sure enough, in that movie, when he flew the first time, I was, what, 14 years old. And I was like, wow, it really looks like he's flying. I don't see strings and I don't see like him being stiff as a board. It really looks like he's flying. You just like, I was in awe. Mm-hmm. Now I watch a movie and nothing is in awe. Not a thing. Name a special effect, Meg, the last time in a movie you went, wow. It's just like, eh, you expect it. It's so normal. Yeah, I don't even know what's real or not real anymore. It, mm-hmm. It's all movies. And I love it, but I've lost my sense of wonder when it comes to special effects. Mm-hmm. There. There's a secular there testimony to what we're talking about here. Yes, I agree. It's easy to discount miracles. Yes. Great. Okay. So should we jump into today's topic since we've used like 45 minutes <laughs> on our viewer <laughs> mail? <laughs> I think we should. Uh-huh. Let's just go Although we did a bait and switch to our poor listeners who tuned in today to uh, actually learn about what's the nature of God when it comes to answering prayers. Well, people, you'll just have to wait until March or April for that because yeah, stop writing us mail. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So should we hold off? Yeah, let's hold off. Okay. Someone's going to give us an hour and a half. Good heavens. (laughs) Well, I think that that's exciting, though, and I think that that's kind of what I wanted this podcast to be more like. I want people to write in and give us their insights, and then we can talk about them. Not that we're scholars or that we think we know it all by any means, but just to have a healthy discussion about what we're talking about, and I think that that was great. So, Well, thank you, uh, Adrian Charlene, Charlene and Darren. Yes, for your wonderful... Those are really both of them. We're good 
They emails, were very I good. appreciate them running. Good. They were really good. And I know that there's other people out there who want to write stuff. So come on, people. Write me at <laughs> meg at theacowlife.com and we'll, we'll give you a shout out here on the podcast. That's Maybe. right. That's right. Maybe we'll that's... insult you if we know you too. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're like. Yeah, never doing that again. No, no, that's right. <laughs> it's like putting myself in the lion's den. Oh, I know. Shame on us. Uh, shame on me. I let us on that bad path, Meg. I apologize. <laughs> no, it was great. I think that, um, yeah, I think it's just a great insights that people have because uh-huh. I, I, I like hearing other people's insights because we don't have the corner market and I think it's yep. important for other people to be able to have a voice and this is an area that people can do that in. So Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, until next time then. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to talk about next month. We are going to talk about what, Joel? We will talk about, you know, Joseph Smith said the first principle of the gospel is to understand the true nature of God. Well, you know, for example, from the first vision, we get what's the true nature of God physically. It was the true nature of the Holy Trinity. Well, from that vision, we get the true nature that there are three separate people with bodies. We get all that. All right, fair enough. Well, what's the first principle of the gospel is to understand, know the true nature of God. What is the true nature of God when it comes to when he answers our prayers? Perhaps there are some scripture stories that my teacher tells to me that give us some insight into his uh, standard operating procedure. You know, is there a pattern to his behavior when it comes to answering our prayers? I think there is. And let's talk about that next month. Okay. Sounds great. I look forward to it. Well, thanks, Joel. I hope all goes well in North Carolina and you guys don't get too hot too fast. (laughs) We will. And I'll talk to you next month. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to A Cup of Joel this week. We were just so thrilled to finally get some listener mail And that was totally unscripted, so it wasn't as clean as I usually like to have those be, but I think it was real, and it was us kind of thinking off the cuff. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you would like to contribute to the podcast and what we discussed here and have some questions for us, please feel free to write me at meg at theacowlife.com, and we will be sure to include you in an upcoming episode. So I hope you guys all have a great Sunday and we will catch you next month on Fast Sunday, which will actually be Easter and General Conference. So it will be a great Sunday and I know that the topic we're going to discuss next month is amazing and I can't wait to discuss it with Joel and be able to share it with each of you. So have a great month and remember to tune in tomorrow to the podcast where I will be talking in the month of March all about money. So it will be fun. We will see you then. Bye-bye.